Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome! Everybody, uh, I'm looking at the latest snowpack numbers. Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, 181% of normal for the date of February 27th and 156% of a full season's average. Boy, is this the worst forecast that uh, they ever made? Oh, the La Nina about four yeah. months ago? Yeah, 91% chance that we'd have a drier than... Uh, Normal winter. I think this may be the worst. Just in, in the scope of uh, it, they missed for so many months by so much. Except, th- remember, is it 10 years ago now almost? They predicted a massive El Nino that did not happen, then right. did happen the next year. Right. No, right. they... Remember, Garcetti was out there warning people. Oh, that's You're going to need to take cover. There's going to be so much water. It's going to flood you. He created a whole new um, emergency yeah, some center. department, right? Yeah. Right, right, yeah. They, they An took... emergency office to handle what he thought was going to be a and... devastating winter of rain, which did not happen. Right, and everybody uh, went to the emergency office, and they sat there for three months waiting <laughs> for a storm for that, that, took, that didn't arrive for 10 years. Yes. And now this year, the opposite. They were predicting nothing, continued drought. 
Right. You want to keep thinking of is, uh, you know, we have the uh, apocalypse desk. Yeah. And I think one of the lines in there is Jerry Brown. It may not rain for decades. It may not rain for hundreds of years. It may not rain ever again. Something like that. And, and he said the temperatures were going to go to 135 degrees. Oh, in the valleys, and, right. And now we can't get out of the 40s. In Burbank here, it's it's 48. And I that's know. the high for the day. You ever remember a high temperature being 48? <laughs> This is, and we're we're only a few degrees off from New York City. This this I'm, is I'm East I, Coast uh, winter weather here. But I'm still going to see a story in about two months from the El Segundo oh, yeah, Times yeah. that uh, climate change is the highest temperature ever for the year or something. Yeah. Or the woke progressive. The propaganda. average temperatures for 2022 were record highs. Sure, or something. sure, yeah, yeah. We, we uh, there's there's no more drought. There's uh we have uh, no global warming here in California. Nothing. It's cold. And it's wet, and it's a record record snowfall. It seems I, up in the mountains. I learned a new meteorological term: snow water equivalent. You ever heard of that one? Snow water equivalent? Oh uh, yeah, well, it's to convert snow into how much water? Has... Very good. Water depth if the snow was liquid. Yeah. And the latest storm increased the state's snow water equivalent by around four inches to forty point six, forty feet six inches. Well, most of it's going to get washed into the ocean once it starts to melt. Yeah, I know. I had to explain that to my family because someone's, catch all that water. We heard about your drought. Put yeah. out rain barrels. You and I said, funny? well, the policy here. Although, do you see Newsom made a move to give the farmers a little more water and not the salmon? I guess it was announced last week. Uh, yeah. No, to I'm, divert some of the water to I, the farmers. I, I'm so sick of hearing about the salmon. I really am. They could go extinct. I, I we got the live. state has a long history of like a suicide pact. Screw it the, really does. Screw the salmon. Grow them in uh, those uh, salmon farms that McClintock was talking about the other day. The All right, farms. yeah. Build build a big bathtub or something and grow the salmon there. Enough of this. The Delta smelt and nobody even eats that. The Delta smelt is is flimsy little two inch fish, and I've yeah, seen photos of it. And you wouldn't you don't want to look at the Delta smelt. That's an ugly little fish. It can't possibly do any good to anybody, for anybody. You should have went up to your uh, your uh, mountain house. It looks like people got snowed in up there. I see this well, Lake Arrowhead. Thousands well, have been snowed in. Well, Six well, feet? I saw one place had 93 inches of snow was the report. Well, One of the high mountains. On, on, on social media, there is a, uh, a site uh, uh, devoted to the development area we live in. And yeah. people were, were showing that they were trapped in their homes because you open the front door and you've got about four or five feet of snow right in front of you, right at the door. I know. You and, can't. And you the, have to shovel your way through it. The snow was uh, halfway up to their windows. In fact, uh, what did I see last night on one of the uh, TV newscasts? Uh, a couple of families had uh, decided to uh, rent out a place, maybe Airbnb, and um, they didn't pack enough food because they thought they were going to go home Sunday, right? Kids got to go to school Monday, and they can't. And so the husbands were sent down to track all the way down the mountain till you get to the grocery store and then all the way back up. It took them five hours. Oh, they're like settlers. Yep. <laughs> five hours. The men have to venture out. That's forage. <laughs> yeah, and it's easy to do because depending on how you, you use a place, you can go up there for a weekend and then maybe you're not back for a month, right? So you don't buy a lot of food because right. it's just all going to go bad and you're going to throw it out. And, you know, who expected something like this? And they, they do a pretty good job clearing the main roads up there. But this, yes. this nobody can clear. I mean, this. No, is, this happened so quickly. Like six feet of snow. Right. In a short period of time. I mean, we've been, we've been, uh, 
up there since uh, 05, and I don't ever remember anything close to this. And we've been in snowstorms up there, and, you know, power's gone out, and the whole thing, right? If you go up there often enough, you'll run into something. But this is just beyond, off the charts beyond. Yeah, I'm seeing that a number of people are stuck in the San Bernardino Mountains because of the heavy snow. They're stuck in their homes. I don't want to hear about any uh, any dope that went hiking, though. Uh, no, no, I haven't heard anybody gone hiking. No rescue crews for that guy. And they never found that actor that was missing, right? Did you see that story oh, a couple yeah. of months yeah. ago? There's an actor that went, went hiking and has not been found. Springtime. Julian Sands, I believe his name was. Well, you know, I actually remembered him from movies in the '80s. He's a little older now, but I remember the name and I saw that. It's like they still they found another guy that was out hiking, but they didn't find him. And this is before the storms. You know, you just can't do that in icy, snowy conditions. No, I mean, I, I I've seen you know some of the the hiking paths, and it's really steep and it's really narrow, and you're right on the edge of a cliff, and you have loose uh, rocks and dirt next to you. And there's been, yes. if there's been a lot of erosion and a lot of water, you know, you, you, you take one step and boom, you're down, uh, you know, 3,000 feet and you're in a snowbank and, uh, you know, eventually the animals will come and take care of the rest of you. That's nice. Well, that's what happens. Yeah, sometimes they find a body like months later. Yeah, probably in the spring. happens to walk the same area and they're occasionally, ready to go. Occasionally they find, you know, a, a group of bones. At the at the bottom of a cliff, and oh yeah, that's the guy that fell, uh, you know, back in January. Yeah, after the snow melts, you you find that stuff. Poor fella. So, it's like don't do that. Yeah, there's so much oh, stuff for you. Just just don't do it. <laughs> and it turns out you're right. You well, you're right. You read a couple of weeks ago that there was a feeling that mid February the rainy conditions were going to come back to SoCal, and they have obviously from the last week. But now they're thinking it may linger through March that we may get another rainy month after this. Not heavy rain, though. Nobody's predicting the incredible yeah, thing we saw last week. But even days like this are depressing. Just the gloom and the steady, even if it's a lighter rain. It's like, this is the stuff I left the East Coast for. It's like, you know, I, something you know. odd that I do? I, I do a lot of odd things, but <laughs> I like to see when our weather passes through California with the jet stream and heads east. Where does it go? And often... You do see a couple days later, the East Coast gets a big snowstorm mm -hmm. or Chicago. So I was like, all right, Friday night was that the, those winds? Those winds were incredible, by the way. I thought everything was going to blow off my house. The, the dish, satellite dish on top, or that was really fierce winds. I think it was Friday night. Yeah. So I kept, where did they go? And it wasn't until today that I looked at a website and saw, oh my gosh, uh, Kansas, uh, Missouri, Oklahoma had huge tornadoes. That's where the winds went. Uh, what do they call them? The derechos, derechos. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's spelled D-E-R-E-C-H-O, and it's similar to a tornado, except the winds blow straight and flatten things uh, straight ahead rather oh. than swirling, right? And and, and uh, wrecking the homes, but it 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 causes similar damage to tornadoes in a straight line. Yeah, I heard the usual guy on the news. I forget which state he was in, in Oklahoma. Or when, well, I've been here a long time. I. I ain't never seen winds like this charged through here. And you have a lot of people, some people living in the mobile homes. Well, right in front of the iHeart entrance here in Burbank, two trees are down. Oh, they three. Three? Three. No kidding. I saw two three, right in front three. of the... Uh, three. There's a third one behind the second one. They just planted these. Like two months ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> With the eucalyptus on your property or next door to your property stayed up? Yeah, but that it it's leaning. 
No, we were looking at it this morning. <laughs> There's one guy, one guy living behind us. He's got about four of these huge trees. And from what I understand, I haven't talking talked to him directly. He doesn't want to hear about it. No. And if they go down, it uh, it crushes our house. Or, well, or a couple of other neighbors, depending on which way the wind's blowing. Depending on the damage, that could be a legal yeah. situation there. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Yeah, but we got uh, we got two uh, trees down right in the uh, pavilion area in front of the uh, building. Right. Oh, I guess. Oh, yeah. Eric sent a little movie of the down trees to me. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, those are big. Yeah, wow. So. Didn't work. Yeah, they just planted those like two months ago. Just did a whole new like landscaping at the in the like patio. Oh yeah, area I in see. Front. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, that's probably why they didn't really take too well. Now yet. they have yellow crime scene tape all around the yeah. trees. <laughs> they do. That's right. Be careful. <laughs> the tree's already fallen. It's not going to hit you, but just don't walk into it while it's on the ground. I guess that's what that means. All right, uh, we got uh, more coming up. Oh, guess who's back in the news? We have an update. On Mayor, former Mayor Yoga Pants, disgraced former Mayor Yoga Pants and his India ambassador nomination. And then, this is not earth-shattering news because a lot of government agencies have been looking at the origins of COVID. But there's one that issued a report over the weekend saying that, at least according to their research, it was probably a lab leak. And this has set off a firestorm, as you might expect, in the whole community of this kind of research. Talk about all this stuff coming up. John and Ken, KFI, AM640. We're live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. All right, coming up after 1.30, we will go through the report that popped out over the weekend that the U.S. Department of Energy, and of course, the first time I saw that, I said, why would the U.S. Department of Energy be involved in the origins of COVID-19? Well, they oversee the laboratories. And they of do. course, that's a big part of the story. And so. some of the laboratories investigate uh, bioweapons research. Yes. That are, that's going on. So they issued security. a report, I love this, they issued a report with, like, low confidence that COVID-19 may have leaked from a lab. All right, so there's other agencies that investigated this, but they are agreeing with the FBI. That was their conclusions. We'll get into this and give you all the details after the news at 1.30. We have a press release that came out on Friday from U.S. Senator Marco Rubio of Florida. Rubio places committee hold on seven Joe Biden nominees. And guess who is at the top of the seven? Eric Garcetti, nominated to serve as U.S. ambassador to India, whose nomination Rubio has previously voted against. He's uh, with the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations. Garcetti he, does not take a hint. No, and of course, the statement says one of these nominees has ignored credible sexual assault accusations in his prior office. That's that's Garcetti. That's Garcetti he's talking about. Um, How how does anybody refute that other than, you know, Garcetti's blanket denial of reality? It's exactly what he did. Now, this is this is the Democrat. One of the Democrats pet issues has been sexual harassment in the workplace, right? Definitely, especially since Me Too. Right. The whole Me Too. And again, Garcetti's the one that set up a special hotline number for people to report it. That's right. And so during the Me Too era, the targets were Harvey Weinstein on down. And you saw big names all over the place get their careers destroyed. You know, from, from, uh, and you know, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if it was was straight or gay or what. But you, you saw Kevin Spacey. You saw Matt Lauer. 
Charlie Rose, Weinstein. There's some other lesser known, but still very major, powerful Hollywood figures. And so why should Garcetti be any different? No, and, and as usual, they like to say, well, it's not just the harasser, but anybody that covers this up. Yes. Every, anybody in a higher position who refused to deal with the complaints that were right in front of their face should be punished. Silence is violence. Right. That's their phrase. And anybody that knows anything about politics knows what happened next. Several, and actually many, loyalists to Garcetti just shut up and refused to cooperate with what was reality, that Rick Jacobs, his former top aide, was harassing all sorts of employees all over the place in that office. Men and women. Just a few brave people went outside the circle and, and called it like it was. And that's why these senators in, in Washington, D.C., yeah, so far they're mostly Republican, but there's a couple of Democrats who say, you know, there's probably truth to this because it's hard to get people to bust out of that uh, circle of trust where we're, we're headed for big things with Garcetti. Don't rock the boat and talk about what really happened. Yeah, there's four Democratic senators who uh, will not commit to voting for Garcetti, including the two Arizona senators, Mark Kelly, the former astronaut, and Kristen Sinema, although she has switched to independent status, but she's basically a Democrat. Yeah, there was a Hawaii senator, too, that had her doubts, I thought, about the nomination. Um, yeah. That was the list I remember uh, from last uh, year. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Kristen Gillibrand in New York. Right. She was also withholding um, her vote, and, and uh, I've seen a couple other names. Uh, listed, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, he he can't he can't get the fifty one votes he needs. So what does it mean if Rubio puts a hold on it? Does that stay well, for long? Or a hold means you can't just use uh, a uh, like a unanimous uh, uh, voice vote right. to move his nomination along. Now everybody's got to go on the record and vote yay or nay. Oh, uh, and the time says. They were supposed to take up these nominations tomorrow. Under committee rules, any member can postpone a vote on a nominee until the next committee meeting. That means a vote on Garcetti will not take place tomorrow. So I don't know when the next meeting is, but it could be a week later or a month the later. The Senate has an endless number of ways to tie up a nominee or tie up legislation. It, it is the most difficult, most constipated governing body you, you'll ever see. And one of them is that a single senator can put a hold. And not only that, but all the senators like to have that privilege. So it, unless it's really uh, abusive and egregious, yeah, senators from another party aren't going to probably do anything to Rubio because they want their shot to do it to a Republican nominee down the road. Right. Right. So it's like, oh, okay, you don't like Garcetti? Oh, that's too bad. Boy, yeah, we really like him. But hey, whatever. They just, they just go along with it. Yeah, And you know what the price is. At the very least, Rubio wants Garcetti to show up in front of the committee and, and just totally debase himself and admit to everything he saw and then explain why, if he saw all this, he didn't do anything about it. Yeah, and first time around, only one member of the committee, a Democratic senator from New Hampshire, Gene Shaheen, did ask him about the sexual harassment allegations. But as I recall, she was a soft, it was a soft it was. touch. It was. They were, usually you honor the uh, president's nominees, especially for low-level positions. 
it, because it's just a formality. So everybody rubber stamps and goes along. And unless there's something egregious, nobody nobody wants to make waves. Again, partly it's because they got other things to do, and partly because when their president is in and making nominations, they don't want the Democrats to pull the same routine. But this Garcetti thing really stands out. And one of the reasons is you had his his uh, communications director, a woman, Naomi Seligman, a Democrat, come out and was very public about what was going on in the office and how, how much Garcetti stuck his head in the dirt. That made all the difference. That was the nomination point. got through the first committee. But before it got to the Senate floor, she signed up with that whistleblower organization, and they made a lot of noise about this, which made its way to a Republican senator's office, Chuck Grassley. And then he opened an investigation into the accusations, and they concluded that Garcetti knew or should have known okay. about what Jacobs is so, doing. So that that's really, that was key that she came forward and got yeah. that whistleblower group behind her. So th there's layers to this. First of all, a lot of tawdry stuff went on that Garcetti knew about and, and didn't stop. Secondly, you have Democrats uncomfortable with this and, and a Democratic uh, communications director who's doing a lot of the whistleblowing. And thirdly, if what Naomi Seligman says is true and all the other witnesses, then you have Garcetti lying to the Senate panel. He committed perjury. Now, th that's what these senators have to deal with. They have to deal with approving a guy that they know lied to them in the committee hearing. Now, yes. how, how, do you, how do you deal with that? He was also under oath in the lawsuit. Remember the lawsuit by the, yes. the, the police officer that was his bodyguard? Yeah. He was also under oath. He took a deposition, and he, he denied to also. So he's lied several times in, in these legal situations, and, not just to talking to the media. And they don't know what else will come out. They don't know uh, if there are other witnesses that have even uh, uglier stories. They don't know if there's other victims involving other members of his staff. Because remember, there's a lot of crap that was going on in Garcetti's office. And we have his deputy mayor on trial for corruption uh, go going on right now. So yeah, that, too bad we couldn't tie him up in that whole developer uh, well, <laughs> corruption scandal case. I mean, it, it, yeah, it nothing was, so far. It was a dirty, filthy place uh, in many different ways. Now, the end of the Times update on this says that the former mayor has told people he has a planned trip to Ukraine. Although it's unclear why he would head to that country. Garcetti's spokesman declined to comment on the trip. Is he? Hey, why would he? Just because everyone else is going? It's is he volunteering? Or is that going to be, he wants that ambassadorship now? Uh, I don't know. Why would you go to Ukraine? What, what are you going to do there? I, to just get in the news. I have no idea what he would, why he what, would go What an Ukraine. ego bag. What a colossal ego bag. Where can I go to get noticed? Oh, I know. I'll exploit all the suffering of uh, millions of Ukrainians who are getting uh, bombed to death by the Russians. I'll go there. And do what? Wait, 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 I, I don't remember anybody asking for you to come. All right. An update came out from the U.S. Department of Energy about COVID-19's origins. And they believe, more likely than not, it did come from a lab leak. We'll update you. John and Ken, KFI, AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right. Coming up after 2 o'clock, we'll talk about the Palestinians. The Palestinians? The pa Palestine. Those people. I know. Palestine. No, Palestine. No, Palestine in Ohio, yes. Yeah, East Palestine, Ohio, where, of course, we had that train derailment with toxic chemicals in the air. We are now getting more substantial reports of ill health effects from the people that live there. Aaron Brockovich, we mentioned, visited there late last week, not buying the BS 
that it's all clear as far as the air and water is concerned in that community. We'll bring you the latest in about 30 minutes on that story. Uh, We had a report that popped up over the weekend from the U.S. Department of Energy. They concluded that the COVID pandemic most likely arose from a lab leak. This was a classified intelligence report. Yep. They were undecided previously. In an update they gave out in 2021, now they joined the FBI with the belief that it's likely the virus spread through a mishap at a Chinese laboratory. Now, there are four other agencies, along with some national intelligence panel, that think it was natural transmission. And then there were two other agencies that were undecided. So if you're keeping a scoreboard on this... Not that it matters. People are believing what they want to believe on this well, story. Yeah, but. except there's there's also truth. It doesn't. I, I have no interest in what wacky people believe in. I, I heard uh, Dr. Robert Redfield uh, today getting interviewed. And Not Redford, but Redfield. Redfield. Uh, he was the director of the uh, CDC at the time of the uh, outbreak, and he went on publicly early on and said, "This is likely from that Wuhan lab." And I heard him interviewed today, and he said, you know, I got attacked by my hometown newspaper where I live with my family and my grandchildren on the front page repeatedly calling me a racist. And he said, here is why it's likely that the virus went out of the test tube into uh, human beings and spread. He goes, they were trying to claim that this is like the SARS virus and the MERS virus which are two older viruses that there were outbreaks almost 20 years ago. And he said there was the missing piece, though, was those were animal-oriented viruses that did jump to humans, but in a very limited way. I think he said MERS affected less than 1,000 people. He said this was different in that it jumped to humans and spread insanely, very quickly. And he said, why? Because in the lab, they trained the virus to jump. gain a function. Right, gain a function. They tr- the, the purpose of the lab was to see if they could enhance the virus and make it spread more easily. Now, you could ask yourself, why would they do that? Well, the, the darkest reason is you now have a new biological weapon. The story that researchers give is, well, you know, in the future, in case you get a virus that mutates rapidly, we can uh, we can get ahead of it and have vaccines ready to deal with it. All right. Or maybe it's both stories. Remember, this is coming out of China. And it just reminded me, and I actually heard somebody play the clip today. The guy who got it right was John Stewart. He said, if you have a a a, uh, a coronavirus. John Stewart, the John, comedian who used John to have Stewart, the TV the com- show, uh, Comedy Central. Uh, right. But he was a guest with Stephen Colbert. Yes. And he went. Oh, on, I remember that. Yes. Right. And he said, well, if you have if you have this 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 novel coronavirus and then in Wuhan, you have the Institute of Novel Coronaviruses. Gee, where do you think it came from? And he said it would be like being in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And if there was an outbreak of chocolatey goodliness, well, then where would it be coming from? It would be coming from uh, Hershey. I mean, how could you not see that? They have never found a single animal with this virus anywhere in China. And three of the researchers got really sick in November of 2019. Yeah, I remember that story. They yeah. were taken to the hospital. So this is right. not an outrageous theory, but oh my God, 
you know, you go through the list of media outlets that called everybody and their brother racist if you suggested that it came out of China. And why this was, I don't know. I don't know why all these left-wing progressives had such an investment in protecting the Chinese Communist Party. Because that's what who ran the, the Wuhan lab. That's who covered up the investigations. That's who largely was financing the research. Along that's with, who launched a balloon over our country. That's right. And, and, and Dr. Fauci did send funding that zigzagged around and ended up in, in Wuhan. It did, yes. Yeah. It got placed there. Right. Uh, and, and part of it was gain-of-function research. Gain-of-function research. So this is not a big mystery. It actually makes perfect sense. The whole story lines up A to B to C to D to E. Now, Yes, and because we can't get actual access to the ground zero possibility, the Wuhan lab, it makes it difficult for anybody to say conclusively. Like I said, this Energy Department report came out with, uh, what do they call it, moderate confidence? Low confidence. The FBI, shaky, yeah. Yeah, the FBI has moderate confidence. But I'm saying, what is the purpose of shutting down the conversation for moment one? They did this on all the social media channels. If you, if you wrote about uh, the, the China... Oh, what complicated this was Trump. Uh -huh. because, it, it, because he came out immediately, you know, with the Kung flu. Yeah. And that just, oh, Trump is always a racist. So all the media jumped on that. And they would never accept any lab leak theory because of what he did to it. You know, and that's really great. Which is wrong because that's not science. You can have your fanaticism. It's a free country. You can have your phobias about Trump. Whatever it is, whatever Trump does to your brain, fine. But that's not science and it's not journalism. Now you're just a bunch of people in the schoolyard calling each other names. You're a bunch of idiots. All right. Right, but, and that's what really complicated the entire world the last six years was Trump. Because, you know, you can talk about the Hunter Biden laptop. It's all these stories they squelched. It's just a conspiracy. It's crazy people, the Russian dossier, and now the lab leak theory. They're all just undermined because if they come anywhere from the Trump camp or anyone that Trump would support on that issue, we have to squelch it. They're either racist or you're just a nutty conspiracy. Uh, interestingly enough, a spokesperson for the Chinese foreign ministry piped up today on this report. And I have to tell you, her, her, her name is Mao Ning. Mao, like Chairman Mao. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we, this was not a science-based authoritative conclusion. And she pointed to the World Health Organization slash Chinese study, which revealed that it was more likely from a natural origin. The Chinese. Now, you talk about that not being credible. The, Ch the Chinese are the primary funder of the World Health Organization. And the World Health Organization was forced to cover up what was happening in China uh, in the early months. It happened in November, the lab leak. We didn't really know about it till January. And, yeah, that's, and, and December, the story started popping up about some strange flu in China. I remember that. They, they, they never allowed any investigation early on. They, they, they lied constantly. The Chinese Communist Party is right up there with, with Russia. What they do is they publicly lie about everything, especially things that put them in a bad light. So if they make a pronouncement, you can assume safely that it's probably the opposite. Right. And I, I don't know if they were embarrassed it doesn't seem like there's any evidence they did this on purpose, but and and certainly it blew back on them pretty hard over the three years. Oh, and by the way, that 
United Nations World Health Organization Chinese report. Beijing appointed half the researchers on the mission, restricted the team's access to critical data, and blocked the World Health Organization attempts to conduct a phase two study that would include a review of Wuhan's surroundings. So clearly, just reading that paragraph alone tells you the fix was in, and that's not a credible report. No, so. I, and 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 this is in, in this is perfectly perfectly in line with their character. It's like they're still claiming that the balloon was a weather balloon when we have the spy equipment. Yes. We've already announced that we have determined this was spy equipment, and they're still claiming it's a weather balloon. I, and, I mean, and they're comical, but this is what, what we're dealing with. The question is, and Trump may be the entire answer to it, but if it isn't Trump, what was the obsession of so many people in the media and, and, the, uh, and, and the social media companies to squash, not just squash the information, but try to demonize and smear anybody who offered the opposite theory? Who said, just said, hey, we should check in to see if, if this was a lab leak and not an animal. And man, you were vilified from here to the end of time. Viciously. I remember Violently at the very almost. beginning of this, it was Dr. Fauci and his cohorts who were trying to put the kibosh on the lab leak theory. They lined up a whole bunch of experts to say, oh, not credible. Don't go in that direction. That was like in the first year of uh, the outbreak. I was always suspicious of that. I don't really understand why they were so quick to well, try to do that, too. Because he knew that his money had financed the research. He's a smart guy. Oh, he knew when that came out, the conclusion would be, you did this and, with your gain-of-function research money. And that other uh, doctor, I think his name is Robert Danzak. Yeah. He got the grant from Fauci, his organization, and then Danzak directed the money to Wuhan. And what did Danzak do? I remember this right. He got dozens and dozens of doctors and scientists to sign a public petition. And they bought ad space in the major newspapers saying that it is absolutely wrong that this could have come from the lab. Now, why did he do that? Why did he step out? A guy nobody ever heard of. He is suddenly organizing all these other scientists to, to put this ad out. And look at that. He got a check from Fauci. Oh, and the money ended up going to, to Wuhan, enhancing this particular virus. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Oh, we got some good audio to play next hour from old Joe Biden, who's doing another one of these network TV interviews with David Muir. You called him the underwear model, right? The underwear model, radio. yes. Right. So he's getting a little aged now, though. Have you seen him recently? Doesn't look so boyish anymore. Well, That's yeah, like... models get old. Starting to fade. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, uh, there's a bad inflation report that actually came out a couple of days ago. And uh, Biden's blaming the media for the economy. You'll hear this in the clip we will play in the 2 o'clock hour. We'll begin, though, talking about the uh, people in the vicinity of East Palestine, Ohio, who are coming down now with real illnesses. There was a train derailment a couple of weeks ago, which unleashed some toxic chemicals into the air and the water. And uh, supposedly now, I just read over the weekend, the U.S. is sending a team there to investigate the claims of people's ill health effects. So we'll get into that, too, in the <clears throat> two o'clock hour. Uh, some good news. We were just talking about COVID-19 and the origins of COVID-19. 
We have the uh, latest update, John, on the flu shot. This Did you get this year's flu shot? I did. You did, yes. You I did. did. I took one in each arm. Hmm. I took the latest oh, at the COVID vaccine in one. I did. Yeah, I did that together. too. And then I read a month or two later, you could get a stroke from that. Oh, well. <laughs> hey, then everything comes out months or years later. It's like three years later. Oh, yeah, COVID came out of that uh, lab. Well, you were right. The latest um, vaccine booster, which is the one, what did they call it? They had a name for it, right? Uh, it was supposed oh, to yes, it was help you with all the variants. Uh, uh, biv- bivalent? Uh, bivalent. Bivalent, yes. That they didn't really test it because they wanted to get it out there in the market. So they were just going to take real data from people who got the mm-hmm. shot and then release some reports a couple of months later. And the first reports were good. They were encouraging that the bivalent shot was really doing. And a couple of months later, they're like, yeah, it looks like some people had some uh, strokes and some other oh, problems. And particularly if you're it's... older and you took both shots at the same time, the flu shot and the bivalent shot. Yeah, they only had <clears throat> mouse research when they released it. Yeah, I don't know that I feel like a mouse. That that makes me confident. No. No, and and so this is this is the la- that's the last shot I take without them doing human research. Well, the flu vaccine for this winter, because we're now almost in March, get this, forty five percent effective. Let's give a standing ovation. That's a that's a good number for the yeah. Flu usually vaccine. they're around thirty percent or less. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it jumped, uh, particularly among children, the flu vaccine seem to work according to to the latest research and uh, they believe that vaccinated children were 68 percent less likely to be hospitalized and 48 percent less likely to visit an emergency department due to a flu or flu related sickness adults overall 44 percent less likely and 39 percent less likely to be hospitalized so it looks like when because uh, i remember the twindemic what was it the tridemic they thought there could be three things going yes because you had the the rsv virus infecting children and the flu and now the norovirus is making a sweep through the country and what giving people the 24-hour stomach flu oh no that's the buffet disease i call it yes yeah uh that's the hottest thing going back to that's the one where you can get it by uh you know in the hands on something or you that's right touching and, and you get uh, the runs and the vomits uh, for a day and that's why it, i call it the buffet disease because everybody's got their hands on the spoons to pull the food yeah. into their plates and then you walk right up behind them and you grab the same spoon first time i heard about or... the norovirus which is really popular on cruise ships because of the buffet that's it i've never i never touched another buffet again yeah, just, also because cruise ships, people are just in close quarters everywhere yeah. they go. Uh, there's dance halls, there's clubs, there's, and you're, you're inside a lot of the time. You can go out on the deck, but you're inside a lot of the time. A friend just, of mine got that just the other day. Norovirus? Norovirus. Well, all the symptoms of norovirus. Oh, no. He, he vomited and he pooped? Well, I, I didn't watch. No, but I mean, he gave you the report. Yeah, he gave me the report. Yeah, he, had, uh, he checked many boxes. And I told him. I sent him an article on it. I said, I think it's this. Is he a buffet person? No. It's like, you know, you just pick it up wherever you pick it up. It spreads faster at buffets and faster on cruise ships. Right. The 2022-23 flu season actually peaked in November and early December. Positive tests hit 26%. Now we're down to just 2%. So the flu has really tailed off. And I'm not so sure people even know if they have the flu or they had COVID. I mean, they can home test, but 
honestly. Yeah. I, anecdotally, more people I know had something this year. There seemed to be a lot of uh, germs going around than, than I can remember. Yeah, and I think that's because, and, and it was everything. based of what I'm reading, people have really let it rip. Uh, I think the last holdouts about getting together in big groups or doing things that they weren't doing the two years previous are doing it this year. You probably already saw trip bookings are off the charts for this summer, mm-hmm. especially to Europe. Yeah, people very care. difficult. The flights are very expensive. Everybody wants to go now. They finally so, said, eh. All the, all the public nags uh, should stand down because it makes everyone hate you. There, I know. Except for the, for, the, uh, for the mental patients, nobody wants to hear about any more restrictions, any more masking, and nothing. Just shut up. Go away. Because you keep doing this, the next big thing that happens, no one's going to believe you. That's right. That's right. Because you cried wolf for so long. And you didn't and know honestly, when, you didn't know when to stop. That's the thing. You nobody would stop. Everybody was clinging to this state of emergency long after the emergency was over, years after it was over. Right. Yeah. Does Barbara Ferrer still do those updates? Those briefings that Steve Gregory used to go to and bother I, her? I d I don't know. He I still get the emails. I saw there was one like two weeks ago that she was gonna do like a live health update there's, for there's, LA County. There's nothing worth covering it unless you're into uh, arcane health statistics. I mean, I'm not really interested in the number of people getting sick in LA County. It just came out at 1.50 p.m. Public health reports 2,129 new positive cases, 34 new deaths due to COVID-19 in LA County since Saturday. Yeah, they still issue these reports. Yeah, nobody reads them now. They, I, I the fir- it's the first, the first one I've noticed in weeks. It's a, You're the first person today to read it. Yeah, somebody signed us up for this email, and so I don't do it for some reason. But I guess it just, your email circulates. The John and Ken email ends up on all these mailing lists that I don't even know who half these people are. But I guess they just oh, they suck go, up the email addresses. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, and they go they go out of their way to find media email addresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's an intern job. All right. When we come back, the people of East Palestine, Ohio who were subject to that train derailment, are starting to report some real ill health effects. The government taking a closer look. Old Joe Biden says, you know, the economy, part of the blame here is the media. I I haven't heard the clip, but I'm guessing he thinks the media is just too negative about the economy and it's sending the wrong message to people for consumer confidence. That'd be my guess. But we'll see what's in that audio. Get to all this. Johnny Kent Show, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And in for Deborah Mark, it's Jason Middleton, live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio, season nine. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.